Welcome to the Exploring Healing Arts podcast, your go-to source for learning about different healing techniques and meeting exceptional healing arts practitioners from around the globe. Together, we explore where the physical meets the subtle, the possibilities that exist for healing, and a diverse array of methods to try, from acupuncture to yin yoga and Reiki to family constellation therapy. My name is Elizabeth Alexander. I am the creator and curator behind this podcast, a Reiki master and energy healing practitioner. This podcast is something I have dreamed of for many, many moons, and my intention is to birth the resource I wish I had had at the start of my own healing arts journey over a decade ago. Whether you are just getting started on your own journey or you are intentionally diving deeper into a healing arts practice, this podcast is the place for you. You will hear inspiring stories, get real life practical tips, and connect with exceptional practitioners and teachers from around the world. No two paths in healing are the same, but that does not mean you need to be alone. Join us to explore and experience healing together. Hello, everyone. In this episode, we are going to be talking about mind-body-spirit shifts for transformational healing with a very special guest and esteemed colleague and at times a teacher of mine, Joanne Brown. Joanne, pronouns she, her, is an intuitive and energy healer and author based in Australia who helps other intuitives, empaths, and sensitive souls to shift blocked energy from pivotal life experiences. In her work, Jo draws from the realms of both intuition and science. So her background in engineering and bioresonance therapy add a unique quality to her healing sessions, which is why I thought she would be perfect to bring on to talk more about how the physical meets the subtle, where the soul meets body, and how we can welcome integrate and learn from all these parts of ourselves. Welcome, Joe. <laughs> Hi, Beth. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing so good. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you for joining us. I'm so thrilled to be one of your guests, one of your podcast guests, and I'm really excited that you're doing this. Yeah, I'm thrilled to see what comes out of it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm creating the podcast I wish I had had many moons ago. <laughs> And, you know, you've been such a big part of my path and my journey that I'm just truly honored to have you here today. So thank you. (laughs) So Joe and I originally, we met through Cindy Dale, who is a teacher of both of ours. Um, I think I was in the online apprenticeship program back in 2018 or 2019. And so Cindy offers year-long courses. And at the time that I was doing the first online course, um, Joe had already been a teaching assistant. So I had both the pleasure of seeing Joe in our online classroom, but also I had the opportunity to learn from her during special topic sessions, such as frequencies and vibrational medicine. And over the past few years, we've had some opportunities to share and practice and learn from each other, sharing both our energy medicine skills and our expertise. And it has been fun and fruitful. And I feel like we always laugh when we're together, Joe. <laughs> we do. We do. Yeah. I, I love that shared history. Mm-hmm. We both also love art and um, we both have dogs that keep us active. <laughs> yeah, I have two border collies, beautiful border collies, uh, black and white and a wheaten and white. 
What a colleague, though. Mm, they're so precious. <laughs> so, Joe, um, let's dive into just some questions on your background. Tell us a little bit about your ancestry and what are your roots and how do you stay connected to them? I love that you're opening with this question because our ancestry and our genealogy and our genetics is super, super important. The ancestry that I align the most with is my Scottish ancestry. My maiden name is Douglas, so it's a very strong Scottish name. And my grandmother on my mother's side, she's a she was a proud Scot and came from the the Campbell clan. Um, so I've got Scottish lineage on both sides of my family through my mother and my father. Mm. And, yeah, there's also English and some Irish thrown in there as well. Um, one of the ways I connect with my Scottish ancestry is that my husband and I, about eight years ago, we were drawn to move from southeast Queensland, which is a very big um, population hub, and we moved inland to um, a region of Queensland called the Central Highlands, which the <laughs> Highlands, there's no mistake there. And there's, um, I just feel such a connection with the land and the trees. When we first moved here, um, my husband wanted to cut some trees down and I started crying. <laughs> and he'd, he'd, he'd done this before, but I felt this really strong connection to the Central Highlands. Now he knows that if he's going to cut a few branches or cut a tree down, he has to come and check in with me first because absolutely, <laughs> I have this strong physical, tangible, earthly connection to to this land. That's so beautiful. So you're going to laugh, but I don't think you'll be surprised. I'm actually of Scottish heritage as well. I'm from Clan McGillivray or of Clan McGillivray. And I was born and raised in Los Altos, California and in the neighborhood next to mine. So not immediately where I grew up, but if you look on the map, there's this area that's called the Highlands. <laughs> And it's like a five-minute walk from my house, and I'm in between that and another neighborhood that also has a resident name. And I just – you can't make this stuff up. It's, no. you know. <laughs> and another thing, too, is since we've been living here, not only do I feel the connection with the trees, which is really strong druid energy, mm -hmm. as you mm -hmm. know, yep. but the moon cycles. Here we're away from – civilization as you know it when there's a new moon it's dark and wow we used, where we used to live we used to have a street light directly outside of our house in southeast queensland but it's it's not like that up here it's it's dark you can look into the sky and see see this the stars so i'm super connected with the full moon the new moons the moon cycles the seasons Mm -hmm. And and also my family in this lifetime has a has a strong religious connection. And I believe it is my responsibility in the family line to be connecting and working with both those the, the spiritual religious connection and the spiritual druid connection and mm. merge and blend them. So I Beautiful. feel that I that I connect really nicely with my ancestry in that way. 
I love that. That's so beautiful. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> so in addition to, you know, our ancestry, I, uh, and I love that you have a connection like through your kin to the land and the, even the naming of it and the trees and the stuff. I also love um, like land acknowledgements of the native peoples and the, you know, first nations peoples. Do you happen to know the people of the land that you're on? Yeah, well, the Central Highlands, it includes um, Emerald as the main hub, and I live in a small sapphire mining community, which also has spiritual wow. significance for me as well. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It, and it's the um, the Gayeri people are the traditional owners of the land where I cool. am today, and I want to pay respects to their elders past and present mm, at this time. Lovely. Mm. Thank you. That feels really nice. So let's dive into your healing journey. You're in a place now where you've, you know, you've been an engineer, you've stepped into your path as intuitive, you're a teaching assistant, you teach some of your own courses, you have a private practice, but I'm sure it hasn't all been that way. So can you tell us a little bit about how you went from, you know, being engineer Joe to intuitive and engineer Joe and how you've blended that together? (laughs) (laughs) That's a a really great question because there always has to be those transitional stages that take you from something as diversely different as science and intuition. And I've run the full gamut between the two. Mm. And I feel, and we've talked about this, that about there being like a science intuition spectrum that it's 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 like there's a connection they're not too just they're not just two distinctly separate disconnected ways of thought there is a continuum between the two and as you know when we've done courses with Cindy Cindy Dale she negotiates the science and the intuition seamlessly Mm-hmm. And and I've not only learned that from her, but I feel it's part of my makeup and an essential part of who I am. Um, as a child, as a small child, my family um, situation was a bit tenuous. My when I was five, I realized my parents were kind of struggling in their relationship, and so my grounding, what I really, really grounded into at that time when my family wasn't the stable, steady place that I wanted it to be. The maths and science at school, even from the age of five, I just devoured knowledge and information. Mm. And, you know, that's part of my numerology, part of my makeup. I do have (laughs) a very mind plane focus. And, yeah, I found that it gave me security and stability. I always had a very curious and interested, you know, I was that kid who would go out and say, why is the moon like that tonight? And three nights ago, it looked different. Why? And Mm -hmm. wanting to know the answers to, you know, paying attention to the world around us and really drinking it in and soaking it in and wanting to understand it deeply. But the science was like my bedrock. As I was growing up in school, yes, there was English, there was other things, geography was interesting, but this, you know, the sciences for me, they were really where I grounded. Yep. Yeah. So that was 
a big part of it for me that as I grew older, I stepped through these different stages that were more, you know, that was about me developing the mental, that my mental capacity. But it was always, always a really safe place too in my mind. It was though, even when relationships were tenuous, even when there was physical ill health, I could go to that safe space in in my mind. So that's where I started, yeah. And when um, in my early 30s, I had married in my, when I was 29 and the, my marriage was quite toxic even right from the start. And at that point I discovered a frequency-based healing modality. Um, I'd been searching and seeking ways of improving my health and this modality helped me enormously to heal. Even when I was reluctant to heal, I was getting wow. better. So, but it also drew to my attention that I had to address the toxic relationship I was in. It wasn't just a, a body, a physical illness or disability. My belief systems played into it. My thought patterns played into it. My relationship choices played into, into my physical health and where I was at. So I came to realize that change has to happen at three levels. And this is quite simplistic. It has to happen at the mental level with our thoughts and belief systems. It has to happen within our bodies. And you, you know, you're a master at the physical health aspect. And mm-hmm. you're, you've been able to weave together the spiritual with your physical modalities as well. And then there's also the relational, the spiritual. And sometimes when we consider the word spiritual, we think that is just relegated to our connection with a higher power, but it's our relationships across the board as well. That's beautiful. So just to reiterate, we've got one, the physical level. So that's just like the cells in our body and how they're doing. We've got two, the mental level, our thoughts, our belief patterns, you know, what we're cycling through on a day-to-day basis. And then three, we've got the relational or spiritual level, which relates to how we relate to others and how we relate to a higher power as well, no matter what we call that. But in our relationships, there's the spiritual healing that needs to happen as well. Yeah. And and the beauty is there's overlap between each of those areas. Mm-hmm. Our belief systems are formed by our relationships. Right. You know, there's there's flow on effects. And the beauty is when you make a change in one of those areas, it flows onto the other two areas. And so if you're working simultaneously in those three areas at the same time, then true healing takes place. That's that's my belief. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> because I got to a place with working with the frequency therapies, there were some people I would help them to shift energetically. And in yep. three months' time, they would come back, back where we started. So I knew it wasn't just the physical healing that had to take place. And sometimes this is like in a, it takes us time to recognize those patterns, the healing patterns as well. Yeah, I always like to say it's like 
you can physical change can cause a subtle shift and a subtle change can cause a physical shift. But when you approach it, you know, from both sides, the way I explain it from all three sides and the way that you're looking at it, I think they're actually one and the same, just some different vocabulary. That's when you're actually able to integrate the changes. And that's something that I'm really passionate about. You know, it's like you said, you don't want to just do some sort of frequency on someone and have them come back three months later and not have integrated it. So how can we be providing people people with the tools and the resources and equipping them with the knowledge to be looking at the issue from all of the different ways that it's manifesting. Exactly. Exactly. And it was at that point when I knew that I couldn't help people as well as I knew I had the potential to help people until I found a mentor who could guide me in that way. And that's where Cindy Dale was wonderful. I, yeah, I started her. I read three or four of her books before I took her apprenticeship yep. class. <laughs> Me <And> too. I, <laughs> I just devoured it and I wanted to yep. almost get into her head because I didn't want, I wasn't going into it lightly. I needed to trust this person. If I was going to put myself into her hands for a year long mm-hmm. program, I had to trust her. And yeah, so I just probably stalked her for a while. <laughs> you know, through social media and everything she shared. I watched every video that was on the internet, you know, read the books, and then I committed to doing the apprenticeship program. And that was back in 2014. So it's been quite wow. the journey. It has been. Can you tell me a little bit, you know, because I come from a family of engineers and teachers. And so a lot of them are, they are so open and receptive and welcoming to me, but they're also skeptical, right? Because they come from like the engineering, more scientific, critical, rational mind. And like, what was that process for you? I know you've reached a point where you integrate, you know, both these aspects of yourself to be of service to others and, you know, in your own healing journey. But what were some of like, like fears, if any, that come up or challenges that you had to overcome, you know, in addition to thoroughly screening Cindy (laughs) to deepen your, you know, your intuitive skills and your understanding of subtle energy realms? One of the biggest areas was um, hurdles for me was my family's perception and the perception of other people. I had taken the time and energy to do an engineering degree. Mm-hmm. I graduated with honors, so mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't take it lightly. I spent eight years working in industry and consulting, and. For me to transition to do some funky little frequency modality that (laughs) nobody had ever heard of, that was almost, it was like a safe step for me because it was frequency-based. So it was still science. But you, you can see I didn't make this grand, huge, enormous leap from engineering to intuition. It was a stage transitional journey. It wasn't something I did overnight. And yeah, there were plenty of fears that went along with it. But I think one of the benefits of it is that I have clients who, clients who are drawn to me because I have the science background. I'm not all woo woo. I, I do tie dye clothes. 
and <laughs> I believe in chakras, but I'm, I have the science background and the beauty is I can under, explain and translate the, the, some of the more intuitive concepts into language, into languaging that and jargon that people understand. Practical. Which is what matters most. Yeah. 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 And for, for people who, who have come from a very strong Christian point of view, when they, they're questioning me about the benefits of crystals, the beauty is I can come back and say, well, the divine God creator, whatever you want to name the higher being that you are aligned with, created these beautiful Mm-hmm. These beautiful minerals in the ground that we get to benefit from. And very often the minerals that we're attracted to that we have in our presence are minerals that contain elements that we are lacking in our physical bodies. When you can frame things in that way for people, it's kind of hard for them to argue with it. So that's totally. one of the benefits of being able to span the full spectrum is that you can, you can meet people where they're at. And it's a really beautiful thing when you see a bit of a recognition and the cynicism, the skepticism, their minds open and they start to consider possibilities and options. It's about meeting people where they're at. Yeah, that's beautiful. Was there like, you know, I know your journey spans a lot of time and space and different experiences. But were there any like pivotal aha moments where you just experienced something where you were like, I can't make this up. I know this is real. Like I'm committing deeper into exploring and learning or practicing. My journey with my ex-husband was quite painful, but it was while I was with him, when I married him, physically I developed, but virtually from the the day that I married him, I developed a, a wheat intolerance that wow. I had, had never shown up before in my system. So I can't ignore the timing of that. I can't ignore the messaging that came through my body. Our bodies don't lie. When you look at Bessel van der Kolk's work on trauma, the body holds the trauma. It, it is, it is where we store trauma. And so there are a lot of lessons I learned through that toxic relationship with my husband. We didn't, we weren't really aligned. We didn't meet each other's needs. So it was better for both of us that we go our separate ways. But it was through being with him that I started recognizing some of these connections in earlier stages that the relational aspect, the spiritual relational aspect has an impact on the physical and vice versa. Mm, What a gift, even if it was wrapped in some harder parts, some more challenging parts, that's a beautiful gift to walk away with. Yeah. But I I also, one thing I had to overcome also was as a child, um, when I was a child, it was part of my belief system that when I was sick, I was loved. Mm. And when I was healthy, I didn't feel emotionally supported. So therefore, it was almost like a default position that if I wanted to feel loved and nurtured, I would become sick. So recognizing some of these patterns and trends 
And, you know, believe it or not, the, my rational mind did come into play here. Yep. Because I, I wanted to learn. I wanted to grow. I wanted to understand. Things would pop into my head and it was like I had to make sense of it somehow. <laughs> totally. And I couldn't, I couldn't learn and grow and become stronger when I was sick. So rationally, yeah, I had to step out of that space and see the linkages and make changes so they didn't continue. Mm -hmm. And so you started, you mentioned um, like a frequency-based therapy. Is that bioresonance therapy or was that something different? It is. And that's kind of where you started. Well, the beauty was I was partway through my engineering degree and I would get these immobilizing migraine headaches that would shut me down for three days and I had chronic diarrhea. So I was, I was studying in a really depleted capacity in doing the frequency modality sessions. I could see myself getting stronger and that was. That was a wonderful thing, even when I, as I highlighted a few minutes ago, I had, I was brought up with a vested interest in being unwell because that's when I felt loved. So I had to leap that hurdle and get to the place where me being healthy was, it was like a new default position that I had to become comfortable with. Wow. But yes, the frequency therapy as, you know, energy is information that moves and everything in our environment has a signature frequency pattern. And that, that includes, you know, toxins and bacteria and parasites and so on, but also the beneficial things in our world, this, the, you know, the supplementation, the flower essences, the homeopathics, they have beneficial frequencies that impact us as well. So, and you can apply a lot of that, those principles on an, in an energy healing capacity as well. So you boost and you amplify the energies that are supportive and healing and beneficial, and you dampen and you counteract the energies that are more toxic. And you create an environment where our individual essence, our individual signature frequency can thrive. Mm, that makes my heart happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this actually yeah. kind of reminds me of a session that I had done with you where you were working on me. And at the time I was going through some GI issues and I had been working with a functional medicine doctor and we had done like some blood tests, some fecal samples, and like I had the results of it. Obviously you hadn't seen the results from these tests. And during our session, you named two of the four bacteria that I had measurable imbalances with and was being treated for, even though you hadn't seen like any of my lab work. And I was surprised because I, even though knowing you, I wasn't expecting that level of accuracy or specificity going into it. But I was also not surprised because I've seen, you know, your capacities and it's you and you work as both an intuitive and a scientist and you have all these cool vials um, that you tune into. And I really credit it was like a combination for me of, you know, taking the supplements and making the dietary changes that I needed to do to, you know, deal with it on a physical level. 
And then also getting, like you just said, some energetic support in terms of dampening the negative effects that the bacterial overgrowth was having, amplifying my unique energy imprint. And then looking at the ways in which like my thought patterns or the ways my relationships were mirroring the environment that allowed this overgrowth to happen in the first place. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit, like, I'm curious, like, how do you work to like, come up with those names? I mean, like you named E. coli, and I was like, shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, firstly, I just want to say, I love the way you just encapsulated that. That was, you just said that so beautifully, in terms of how it all works and how it all flows. This is where my frequency modality work feeds into my intuitive work and you know it it goes both ways but I work with um, on the shelf behind me there's boxes of kinesiology vials that I work with with my walk-in clients my in-house clients and they're they're little vials that contain an imprint of each and this particular vial is a it's one of is out of my heavy metal test kit, and this one is arsenic. So, if somebody is suffering from a overload, a toxic overload of arsenic in their system, and I'm working with them energetically, or I work with them, I can be testing with my biotensor, which is a version of a pendulum, really. So, I'm basically testing you using your energy through a Zoom session or a telephone session, the sound of your voice. So I'm, I'm testing to see whether you, whether this particular substance, this particular heavy metal is placing a strain on your body and on your energetic system as a whole. So it was such a wonderful experience for me when I first realized that not only could I do that, with my equipment in-house, but I could also do it in a distance session as well. It was um, a beautiful, illuminating experience because I, I knew I could reach more people and help more people. One thing we haven't touched on is that the archetypes of all of these energies as well. Homeopathy has, there's so much research and information now that's been gathered by homeopaths where they've been able to identify like the archetypes for each of the like heavy metals each of the elements Mm -hmm. within the periodic table so something like arsenic or helium or hydrogen or you know silicon um calcium all of those individual elements within the periodic table when we have an imbalance it says it's giving us messages about ourselves and i just find that phenomenal it just increases our levels of understanding so then we we are able to consciously and myself as an energy healer obviously i'm going to be going into that level of detail rather than inflicting that on my client but and like translating that information through so it becomes of benefit. So I'm helping people to recognize aspects of themselves, you know, strengths and challenges and, you know, how that they can, how we can shift their relationship with some of these substances that their bodies, their entire energetic systems find toxic. It's fascinating. 
It's absolutely fascinating. I think it's so cool. And I think too, like, you know, when I've had more science minded or engineering background people, you know, especially friends and family that are close to me, I generally don't do like energy healing sessions on them where I'm reading them because I just am like, we're too close. You're going to benefit from like someone you don't know, like reading you, you'll believe in it more. Yeah. And so, you know, you come up and you're one of the first person I send people to. And I'm always like, you know, if you're going to a doctor and you're getting tests and stuff, A, maybe you can get some sort of confirmation or affirmation that you're on the right route. Or B, if you are not sure like which tests that the doctor needs to pull, why don't you just start with a session over here? You'll get a little bit more focused information. And then if you need more physical support, you can take it to your physician, you know, and work with them in other ways to get the physical support that maybe feels best to your body. But it's like, I just feel like they really go hand in hand. Like it's not yeah. one or the other. I think these systems are designed to work together and, and it's best when we do that. Yes, I totally agree. I totally agree because there's no reason why you can't work the medical system and the intuitive community can't work together in a interactive and supportive capacity that helps everybody. Absolutely. It's really a, a win-win and have, you know, having access to that, it makes a world of difference for sure. Absolutely. So another thing that makes a world of difference, and I guess it's kind of related, but just I know for me, community and like having mentors and teachers and colleagues, um, like it has just been such an affirming experience for me to be like, okay, not only are there other people who like talk the way that I do or have the kind of vocabulary the way that I do. Like I know when I got Cindy Dale's The Subtle Body Book for the first time over a decade ago, I was just like, this is it. This is like, what I want to study. This is like my vocabulary. And then getting into the space, I just felt you know, so affirmed that not only were there other people that were interested and could speak like me, but they could like build on it and we could, you know, have conversations and interact and evolve and grow. Like how has community played a role like in your healing arts journey? I've noticed that my community has, it's expanded in a way because I've been able to I have people who come to me for my expertise, you know, in the local region where, where I live. It's quite an agricultural area. It's agricultural and mining. So it's kind of spread out. So I have people who drive four hours for a walk-in session with me, which is phenomenal. Wow. And it's such an honor that they trust me to that level. But they're also seeking out my expertise. And now with my walk-in clients, I'm, I start to share with them some of the more drawing to their attention how the physical body impacts the mental and the spiritual and vice versa. And how, you know, there's when certain things show up that there's things you can do on a physical level from a supplementary point of view. Um, you can be working on your, your mindset and you can be working in your relationships, but also, from a in terms of a spiritual community, I've found that especially since the since COVID, COVID has really yeah. changed the world, and I really do rely on my virtual community, my you mm -hmm. know my tribe, my spiritual tribe, the other other people who we've both met through Cindy's programs, yep. and I find that is my tribe, and I constantly go back to those to those people and have relationships. So 
it's interesting. It's become my really deep, meaningful connections are more with people who are in various countries and time zones around the world. Yeah, and you're like a little satellite in Australia, shining your light, <laughs> shining your light to all the people down there. And I mean, you work with a a global clientele as well, remotely. Yeah. But that's it's nice that you have that support. Yeah, and we we come together with the tribe and and you know reconnect and we kind of light each other's little candles when they get a little dim and we you know help and support each other. It's it's a really beautiful, it's a really really beautiful energy. But and and on another level, it was really important for me to move here, and that was about eight years ago. It'll be eight years in two weeks. When wow. when we moved to this more remote community, it was important for me in my healing journey, and for my husband as well, for us to kind of pull back and be nurturing and feeding and nourishing ourselves. And then we can, you know, reach out and connect with others as we need to. But if we're not working on our own personal healing journeys, we're really not going to be much help to anybody else. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) So speaking of that, what do you do to stay embodied? Like what do you draw on for support in your work? And like how do you integrate your own healing? That is such a great question. I think especially especially for healers because, you know, we are the role models to other people to be embodying and to be working in a really functional capacity, mind, body, and spirit. And it can be easy as a spiritual worker, a light worker, an energy healer to neglect your physical. But And one of the things I really draw energy from is our dogs. I mentioned Aww. that we have we have we have two border collies and they are as my husband and I are both very alert we're very mentally focused we spark off each other and you know we have border collies that reflect that <laughs> they have that they have intelligence they have the focus and you know they help us to ground at the same time it's like they're just they're goofy. They're goofy and funny. And at the end of the day, <laughs> I I throw the ball about eighty times for Cody, and then we hide the ball. So, <laughs> so he's not in that obsessive loop around that. Yeah, but yoga practices I find they're invaluable as well. Mm, I love that you have something physical to do too. I love my yoga, and I and I work a lot with um bushflower essences, um, chakra support through crystals and so on. Yeah, I really rely on my my vibrational remedies to support me in that way. But my dogs, they help to ground us in a way that is really healthy. They bring us back to the basics, the things that are important. Mm -hmm. Very first chakra principles. I love that. Yeah. So if you could go back and like tell a younger version of you that's, you know, earlier on the healing arts journey, anything, what would it be? I think the most important thing that I've learned, and this is a really, really basic learning and understanding, is that it's so important to trust in yourself 
to trust your gut senses, to trust what you feel in your body. And when your senses and your feelings and your knowings, if they're telling you something is unsafe or scary or something you need to be aware of and that there's an energy you need to pull back from, just trust it. And Mm -hmm. Don't let anyone, whether it's an adult or a child or a teacher or a student or if if it's, I want to say, the law or any highly esteemed person who carries a great honour, if they're telling you to do something that goes against your gut feeling, trust your gut feeling, you know, trust that, what you're feeling within your body. We have inner wisdom, we ha- and some of that inner wisdom is ancient. Some of it comes through our genetic family lines. Some of it we've, we've brought in from other lifetimes. Some of it is, is wisdom from planetary constellations and galaxies that we're not even aware of in, in our human capacity, but we just have to trust what, what we have within us. And are there any like practices or how have you deepened your sense of intuition and your sense of trust in yourself? And I know like honoring that everybody's got like their own unique path to it, but like what might be some recommendations or, you know, actionable steps that people who are seeking to trust themselves more, you know, decondition, listen more to their intuition. What are some actionable things that they might be able to do? I, I love the practice of grounding. When you can be connecting to the earth, you can be feeling into the earth's energy. Not only does it stabilize us physically, because there's a free layer of electrons that we we connect ourselves to, which counteracts negative radiation sources. Everything that we have is right here. But our tendency as humans is to, we sanitize everything. And what we've done is we've insulated our homes from the earth. We insulate our beds. We wear shoes that insulate us and separate us, rubber-soled shoes. So we can't connect with the earth, but it's like Mother Earth. It's everything we need to sustain us. We gain it through through Mother Earth. And it's these are some of the, in, the practices that Indigenous cultures really, really tap into in a beautiful way. And they they have that calm and that peace you know, anxiety isn't really a problem. Anxiety isn't a problem in a tribal community in the Amazon when the Aboriginal Australians are living their truth. They're not dealing with anxiety and depression and addictions. They're just connecting with the land, connecting with the support that's available to all of us and, you know, they're getting such peace and sustenance from that. I think the practices of grounding, grounding, yoga, and other really embodied states are really understated and underutilized. We all need to be drawing and connecting with that more. Well, and grounding can be, for those of you that don't know it, sometimes people call it earthing as well. It can be as simple as going barefoot on dirt, grass, sand, a rock putting your palms on the earth. I mean, if you can lay down, you know, we used to sleep like you were speaking to 
most people used to sleep like on the earth. So you think about it all night long, we're getting that feed of earth energy up to our body. And now a lot of people sleep in elevated beds and they're not connected to the floor. And like you said, they're wearing, you know, shoes all day and they walk on cement. They never go on the dirt because they don't want to get their shoes dirty. Um, But there was even this interesting article that I'm going to link to in the show notes that speaks to earthing and grounding practices and the upflow of electrons, um, like you spoke to. And I'm not as science detailed as you are, but I will link to this study. And it was basically showing that wounds, there's a correlation with wounds healing faster. If you have like a gash on your leg, if you put that foot on the earth, your wound actually heals faster than people who have a similar gash and don't put their foot on the earth. So there are like tangible physical healing changes that happen when we connect with Mother Earth. And it can be as simple as going barefoot on the ground. Yeah, absolutely. Earthing is earthing, grounding. And there's, there's certain devices for people who live in, say, New York City who are in a high rise, there are earthing products that they can purchase that they can plug into their electrical sockets so that they achieve the benefits of earthing as well. And obviously nothing really replaces the physical human contact with with earth, whether you're hugging a tree, gardening, <laughs> all of those yep. all of those things. Yep. Really really grounding based <laughs> activities. Hiking. Yep. That's always my number one tip. Get out in nature. It does a mind, body, soul good. Like if that's the one thing you take away from this, it's like get outside. Mother Nature will take care of you. She always yeah. does. <laughs> yeah. And and I must admit that some of my suggestions and hints and techniques that I recommend are based on my numerology because I am so head-based. It's something that's essential to me to make sure I am grounding and make sure I am, mm. you know, getting out of my head. There are times I can be too much. Yes, I've, I've, I am intelligent. I'm science-based, but you can get too much detail. And life is about balance. You need to be, you need to be able to function in a physical capacity, in a relational capacity, and in a mental capacity, not just all in the head. So that's mm-hmm. where some of my, I probably lean more towards the physical grounding than other energy healers would because of my personal proclivities. Yeah, I love that you're honoring your individuality. I think that it's important, you know, for practitioners, you know, for people anywhere on their healing journey, just to remember that, you know, we are all unique. And the more you can get to know yourself and the more different like tools and resources and skills you can know and develop, the better you're going to be at discerning what's a good fit for you and knowing when and how to use it. Yeah. So, Joe, I want to dive into a couple rapid fire questions. And I'm going to add one on because you just spoke about numerology. And I know that that's, you know, we could have a whole nother podcast on that. What is your numerology if you're comfortable sharing? I work with birth chart numerology, which is about the date of your date of birth and how that interacts. So I'm already violating your rapid fire question segment (laughs) by going into detail. Um, Yeah, my life path number is number eight, which is about outward expression. It's about 
It's got the energy of wisdom and freedom. I'm a very, very independent person. Just ask my husband. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have a very strong mental focus and that's something that I work to counterbalance by working on the relational and the grounding aspects as well. Cool. And for those of you that are wondering like how you would figure out your numerology, you can, there's numerology calculators online where you literally put it in your date of birth and it gives you a little bit of a reading. But if you do book a session with Joanne, which I know from having done sessions with her myself, she will also calculate your numerology and tell you a little bit about it. So you may have that to look forward to. (laughs) All right. You ready for rapid fire take two? I am. Let's try again. All right. What is your human design? Oh, my human design is I'm a projector and I have, I have what's known as a triple split, which means I need to be communicating with others to be able to bridge the splits, which is really, really Beautiful. interesting. My husband jokes that he has to deal with, <laughs> he has three partners in one <laughs> and he has to, I have to consult with the three of them. I love that. I love that. I love how he embraces it. Where is your favorite place in nature to be? Oh, I love being in the country under the stars. I love hills Mm. and rolling hills, but under the stars at night, it's as though I'm home and connected with space. Yeah, it feels very Highlandy to me. (laughs) (laughs) What is your beverage of choice right now? Okay, I've been. Drinking a non-alcoholic gin lately. It's made of botanicals Ooh. and it's delicious and I'm loving it. Do you make so, like a gin and tonic or just gin on the yeah, rocks? How do you yeah. prep it? You can have gin and tonic, gin on the rocks. I've been having gin with water as well. I'm trying cool. to keep my sugar content low, but the botanicals, are they're glorious. And there's so many varieties around at the moment. I love that. Fun. What is your top tip for good energy hygiene? I really love Cindy Dale's spirit to spirit energetic practice where you connect with divine, you connect with your spirit guides. I like to look at it as like a spiritual support team. And when you're connected with those beings who are validating you and affirming and vouching for you, then it's easier to clear the toxic elements, and to bring in the beneficial. And it just really helps us settle into our individuality. I love it. It's the first thing that Cindy talks about in all of her books. It's the first thing you learn in her courses. Can you take us just through like the structure of what you might say out loud as an example to listeners? Well, in following Cindy's practice, I would start by affirming my spirit, affirming my presence. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I would affirm the presence of my guides, my spirit guides. And in doing that, I would also be affirming supportive ancestors. I include my maternal grandmother. Mm, She's a fiery Scott and also my dad. (laughs) They're part of my spirit guide team. And I also include my, my totem animals as well, which is the otter the wisdom Mm. of the otter. I also draw a lot from the energy of the Australian kangaroo, which has a really creative feminine energy. And then I would be affirming the presence of the greater spirit, God, the healer, divine, your higher power in whatever form that is. 
And then I just feel a really strong centering in my heart, in my heart space. Yeah. It's beautiful. I always take a deep breath. <laughs> it's like a oh, big exhale, big relief, big yeah. sense of support around me. Yeah, Thank you for sharing exactly. that with us. All right. So our last question, how do you define healing? I love this question. <laughs> healing for me is healing is when you are on the journey to becoming where you are free to be yourself, to show up fully in your gifts, where you're not mm -hmm. concerned with other people and how they perceive you and view you, where you're living your life purpose without restriction, mm. where you don't feel like you have to change, where you can be unapologetically you. And I know that can be challenging for those of us who haven't been rewarded by our families of origin for our differences, for our uniqueness. It can be super challenging. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. When it's you beautiful. feel that freedom to show up 100%. Free to be you. Yeah. As you. Yeah. I love that. So Joe, I know you offer in-house sessions um, to clients in Australia, but you also, you know, I'm in California, so we obviously, we do remote sessions <laughs> and you offer online sessions and workshops to clients all over the world. Can you tell us a little bit more about the services that you offer and where people can find you, how they connect, how they can connect with you if they want to reach out? Yeah, I offer my most common signature a service is my intuitive session, which is either a 60-minute session or a 90-minute session. And during that time, we dig deep, we can go in, we can, I have some clients who have who approached me to address physical dysfunction of various kinds. Intestinal issues are a bit of a specialty for me with like the bacteria and parasites, but also when there's energetic blocks, when people are having difficulty negotiating relationship issues, people who are seeking to be more abundant. And I tend to work through the 12 chakra system. I think you're, that's cool. the one you're most familiar with as well. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I also offer workshops from time to time. Um, I do have an integrated healing service that I offer typically for people in the US and Canada who while you're sleeping I can be doing healing work and I also have a mm. numerology service that I go really deep into. The numerology, um, when I do numerology, I'm not just looking at your the life path number. I tend to look at your entire date of birth and how each of those numbers interact with each other and what that shares wow. about about you. It's, uh, it's really, it's so fascinating. Numerology is a very rich, deep practice and, you know, working with the archetypes of numbers is, is phenomenal. I, I'm a huge fan of archetypes in general, but yeah, numerology is kind of my, my jam. <laughs> I love it because it bridges your love of numbers, you know, with archetypes and intuition and yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see how that's just such a special skill for you. So what's your um, website or Instagram? Where can, yeah, I think you have a, 
insight timer meditation too. Is that right? I do. I do. Yes. I've got my website is joanneintuitive.com. My Facebook page, my Instagram account, and my Insight Timer accounts, they're also under Joanne Intuitive. So it's pretty simple. Just joanneintuitive.com. You can find me on any of those platforms. Cool. And we'll be linking for anyone that's interested everything that we've referenced here, including Joanne's website and reaching out to her on Facebook or Instagram or checking out her Insight Timer meditation. That's all going to be linked in the show notes for you to have easy access. So thank you, Joanne. My gosh, what a pleasure to talk to you about like your healing journey, bridging the gap between, you know, science and intuition and the different, you know, like you said, simplifying it, but really distilling it down to the three ways and the three approaches that we need to be looking at, you know, healing to truly integrate and create changes in our bodies and in our lives. I'm just, my heart is so full from our conversation. Oh, thanks, Beth. It's, um, it's always a pleasure talking with you. We, we seem to meet, meet each other pretty easily. Yeah. So thanks so much for having me as one of your guests on your podcast. I can't wait to see and, you know, tune into your episodes. It's going to be really exciting. Yeah. You know some of the other guests and we've got a rock star lineup. So <laughs> I'm excited to see you too. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Exploring Healing Arts podcast. I hope that our words, our stories, and the wisdom shared on today's episode inspire you and support you in feeling connected. If you loved this episode, please leave us a five-star review so we can reach more people. And as a thank you for listening, join me for a mini course on energy hygiene. You get three simple practices you can do anywhere, anytime to support you in feeling more grounded, connected to yourself, and confident in your energetic boundaries. Sign up at energyhealingelizabeth.com slash energy hygiene. Thanks for being here today, and I look forward to being with you again soon. The primary purpose of the Exploring Healing Arts podcast is to inspire and educate. As a reminder, the information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We encourage you to speak with your doctor for professional medical advice or treatment. Opinions offered on this podcast are just that, opinions.